Hello, hello, creepies and crawlies, and welcome back for another fun, exciting episode. Tonight, you're going to want to stick around and listen because we are going to be talking about The Babadook. Um, if you're not familiar with this movie, um, we're going to tell you all about it. We're going to tell you our thoughts on it, and then we're going to tell you some interesting twists and turns associated with it. In the meantime, let's go ahead and bring in my co-host, uh, Lauren. Hello, geeky gothic gamer girl. Hello. Yeah, every time you say Baba Duke, I'm over here, Baba Duke, Duke, Duke. Because I just yeah. got done <laughs> watching it, and that's all I hear now. <laughs> I also saw Cat pop in. Cat's with us tonight? Holy wow. crap. Wow. Wow. Okay. It's been a minute. It has. It has. And we have missed you. I've missed you girls. Bear with me. I'm being told that my microphone is not working properly, so bear with me. I'm I hear to... you fine. I hear okay. you fine. It could be mine. I don't know. But yeah, we're discussing the Baba Duke. Have you seen it, Kat? No, I don't even know what it is, so I'm going to oh, wow. follow along with you also. Well, actually, it's a movie um, that came out in 2014. Um, the movie was written and produced by Jennifer Kent. And this was her, I do believe, second major film. She also did The Nightingale. And um, there is Jennifer Kent. And it's just amazing because, you know, this is, I mean, first of all, you know, we are all about women in horror. So I kind of love the idea that this is a movie that is not only. <laughs> hey, Eli uh, has a question. <laughs> he says, I'm familiar with the quote why can't you be normal slash screaming kid meme which i think we all do remember that meme uh i didn't even realize it was from the movie until i watched the movie and i was like oh okay now i get the meme yeah i didn't yeah. know that was a meme i scream that at my kids all the time like <laughs> that was just something normal we say as a mom to our kids like why can't you just be normal like i have yeah, so there's no definition of, of normal, but yeah. Okay, so yes, this is uh, written and directed by a female, uh, by a woman who, um, in this movie, hits Sundance and just kind of blew up. Everybody was really excited about it. I think that's because you're coming off of, a, you know, seven or eight years of, you know, torture porn movies. And this is what is considered... <laughs> You're right, uh, yeah. you're right. Yeah. Repeat that. Hey, repeat that for a second. Did you say torture porn movies? Yes, I did. Okay. Torture porn. Like, movies like Hostel, and... Saw, you know. Oh, okay. All okay. of the blood gotcha. and guts and gory and just, <laughs> that, you know, the more disgusting, <laughs> the better. That I've suspense... never heard it called torture porn. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that suspenseful feel was very much lost. I saw nodded to it a bit with like are they going to do the thing? But that whole, like, you just feel uneasy the entire time you're watching a movie. That was lost for a couple years. Um, yes. And, well, at least in the, the <laughs> I'm quotation marking here if you're listening to this, at least in the blockbuster horror movies, um, <laughs> because we all know they get lots of blockbuster and Academy Awards and all of that, you know, the horror oh, yes. genre. 
Well, and I think what was interesting about this, when this hit Sundance, it was being regarded as elevated horror. Um, it was supposed to be more cerebral, make you think a little bit more about it. It touched on concepts that are very, um, they're, they're pretty deep concepts. Now, the movie itself, I hear people kind of go back and forth and talk about um, whether or not the movie is a good movie. Um, talk about, you know, they'll point out everything that's wrong with it from like um, continuity errors. But the concepts of the movie um, are pretty, they're pretty deep. Um, So um, we're going to catch you up, Kat, so you can, so you can follow along. Okay. So spoilers, um, spoilers ahead. Spoilers are ahead. So the movie is about um, mother and son. And uh, I'm sorry, I know the son's name is Samuel. And all of a sudden I just drew a blank. What is the mother's name again? Please help me out. (laughs) I just watched it yesterday and I don't remember. I know, we just watched it yesterday. Mo- we're just going to say the mother for now until someone okay. yells at us in our comments. She didn't have Amelia. a very memorable name. Amelia. 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 Okay. And she, um, Amelia was played by Essie Davis and Samuel was pay- played by Noah Wiseman. Um, Noah Wiseman, just a little bit of information here that I thought was interesting. Uh, he was cast when he was like six or seven years old, beat out um, like more polished older children for this role just because of his ability to be as unhinged as he was um if you haven't watched it i mean the kid will make you so everything about the kid in the beginning of the movie is designed to be very uncomfortable um and it it is a very very uncomfortable movie um, Eli has another comment. Uh, too many good horror movies to, are bad. Few bad horror movies are good. Hmm. And uh, calling a movie good or bad is so detrimental, I think, to any sort of review. Like, just because I don't like something doesn't even make it bad. It or just means I'll that like that it. wasn't made yeah. for me. Yeah, right. I'm It'll not be that somebody target. like me. Yeah, yeah, I'm not that target audience. So. Uh, there's very few movies that I will just be like, this is absolutely terrible. I, I will do it though. Like, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I will come out and be like, oh no, this was so bad. But when it comes to movies that people can like debate, if it's debatable, if people can get into it head on head, then to me, that's not bad because it's it's causing commotion. It's giving people something to argue and talk about. So yeah, I don't know if you can call that bad per se. If it's making waves regardless. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, this movie did actually make a lot of waves when it initially came out. A lot of people were very um, interested in it and interested in the concepts. There were a lot of um, theories following it. Mm -hmm. Um, So so basically the idea is you have this mother who loses her husband in a car accident on the way to the hospital while she is in labor. Um, it picks up about seven years later and she has not been able to sleep. Um, and the manner in which she lost her husband, by the way, it was very traumatic. You know, not only is mm-hmm. she dealing with postpartum depression, but she is also dealing with, uh, the trauma of losing her husband in such a brutal fashion. And, um, then dealing with this child who seems to be, um, would you use the term unhinged? Um, I would, I, I had to turn off the movie at one point because I could not listen to this child scream 
about um, something anymore. I don't even remember. I was just like, I need a break. I could not get past how much he reminded me of Alex from Clockwork Orange. <laughs> when, oh my, he looked, I mean, he looks, so, a lot, there are photos that where he looks just like the character, in my opinion. I'm just like, okay, it's like a little Alex. And then, of course, my, my brain is there, the majority of the movie. But mm. um, one of the things, so she, um, she is living with her son. Imagine how we his mom a, felt. <laughs> yeah, you know she was down here commenting. Imagine how his mom felt. Um, and if we're going to like kind I of tiptoe through the whole movie, I do yeah. want to throw in some comments here or there. Like you were speaking about how she's going through this depressive phase and she can't sleep. Mm -hmm. I love that they broke that out right when the movie started. The movie yes. started with she is having a nightmare, obviously having sleep troubles. First thing right out of the park. And I was like, okay, this is in where we're at. Gotcha. In a very Hitchcockian version, mm. you know, where she's like falling in that hole, like tumbling to the ground or tumbling then, onto her bed. Yes, then, it is. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I was seeing a lot of nods to that when I was watching the movie and I thought it was kind of kind of fun. But, um, yeah, so she is dealing with um, a lack of sleep. She's dealing with this this kid. Um, she's dealing with postpartum depression, um, all kinds of issues there. And the child, so they have a nightly ritual in which they read um, storybooks every night. We're going to wait. Um, do you want to read that real quick? Sure. Eli T. Cash says, kid who's on the spectrum is, quote, unhinged. Hey, why does that sound familiar? Guy who keeps coming in here. Guy named Eli. Huh? Nah. Nah. And, and please do not, um, please do not take it when you, when you hear me say unhinged in this, this, this child is portrayed as being on the spectrum, but that's not your, it, it's very overdone. I think it's very um, knowing, knowing people who have children and knowing and been around people who are on the spectrum. It's a very, very extreme version of what um, it, it's like. Everything is always on 10 all the time. And I like that in the movie, they never specifically pointed out, oh, he is, and gave him a diagnosis. Right. We don't know if he's on the spectrum. We don't know if he's also going through all of this depression or if it's just like him having to deal with this mom who's going through. We don't know exactly what the dynamic is. And that makes everything more like you can't peg it. You, you don't have a way to sit and be like, oh, this is what's happening. You're just kind of like, what's going on? This whole movie. So the kind of pick up where we were um, in the plot is the they're, they're reading storybooks every night before they go to bed. Um, and she goes to pull a storybook off of the shelf. And it is this blood red um, I want storybook it. that um, is called Mr. Babadook. And it is a pop-up book. And she starts reading it. And of course, um, the book itself is not completed. Um, and it's kind of this creepy, I mean, it is the, it's a, it's a creepy, creepy story. So it starts off kind of cutesy. Like you read the first page and you're like, oh, oh, okay. And then you get to the second page and you're like, oh, that could go kind of either way. And then you get to the third page and you're like, this is, why is the mom still reading? And then <laughs> like, yes. Well, okay. And we're all here. We're all mothers here. So have you ever gone through a phase where you're just like, mm, my kid's a little off. There's something, something a little amiss. Not, not like 
horrible, but you know, you're just like, you know, my, my kid is a little odd. My kid is acting a little bit. And uh, I know that. Oh I yeah. If that. we've had yeah. a teenager, if you've had a teenager, Oh yes. You already know when they're into crap and you, and it's <laughs> not even something you have to like, be like, something's amiss and you can already sense it before, you know, you figure I mean, it completely out, but it, it all comes out and you know, and you oh. were just like, I was thinking it was, you know, Absolutely. <laughs> well, and also with that, when you start dealing with a, um, a young child, I have a teenager in my house mm-hmm. um, at the moment and, and she's a little unique in her personality. Um, she's, she's kind of a little dark and creepy, creepy person herself. So um, some parents would probably look at that and go, Oh, that's not right. Of course I'm okay with that. We're, we're fine yeah, with that here. Say, your, yeah. your daughter's not, creepy or like I wouldn't say she's dark either just you know from an outsider's perspective I would be like she's actually very sweet and very kind she she is very sweet but she's got some interests that are a little bit are a little bit on the darker side so she's you know big into horror big into gore um she's so there's there's things there that some parents would probably look at and go "Hmm, that's a little bit odd but I mean when she was younger I mean she was the sweetest sweetest um kid ever I, I, I will go ahead and say i'm being reminded that um her favorite character right now is art the clown from terrifier I still she refers him that is. oh gosh uh she is a torture porn at its <laughs> finest there's there's at magic words again <laughs> there they are i know youtube is gonna <laughs> slap us and be like you can't say that <laughs> i'm gonna continue to say that because that's exactly what it is and you know i'm i mean it's okay yeah, it, it's it's gruesome. It is gory, and it's it, um, it's a lot of fun. It really is. Um, if you don't if you don't like people being cut in half, hung upside down, that's not. This is not. But it's a uh, basically the art. The clown never speaks. So yeah, that's um. All right, so we have this. <laughs> Sorry, you're. Rark, I rark, haven't rark. seen it, and you're just like art. The clown never speaks, and I'm sitting here. It's like, oh, okay. So it's like J and Silent Bob minus the J and Silent Bob is killing people. Got it. Okay. In a in a clown outfit. In a clown outfit. More like a mime because he's black and white. Oh, okay. Fun. That's okay. Okay. Uh, we're okay. off topic. We have a topic. Yeah, I know. Terrifier. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna all have to watch Terrifier and put our two cents in. Um, because the second one is probably has been known to make people vomit. Oh my god. Yes. Like motion sick okay. vomit or nope disgusted vomit yep that would be it okay so we're gonna have to do this we're gonna have to do this and we're gonna have to talk about it okay popcorn wine night who throws up first loses right (laughs) (laughs) oh no okay so let's jump back to the babadook she is so this book appears um she puts the book on the top shelf and it shows back up um she throws the book away it shows back up you know this this book keeps popping up yes and the whole thing is, if you start talking about Mr. Babadook, you open a door and invite him in. And um, Lauren, you want, you want to jump in from here and talk a little bit about what happens from here? Sure. Uh, there, okay. There's this whole concept of uh, once you know of the Babadook, you have to acknowledge his existence or it gets worse is kind of the concept that I had picked up. Mm-hmm. And so the kid being a kid was just like, Gotcha. Scary monster. Cool. I'm going to go over here and home alone and make booby traps 
to to kill the scary monster. And the mom is just like, there's no scary monster. No monster. And there's all of these scenes of her just, you can't tell if it's a real monster. You can't tell if she's just slowly from lack of sleep and all of the stuff she's gone through. If she's just losing her grip on reality, you don't know if it's uh, postpartum depression where the mothers are like, they they unalive their own you don't know what is happening um and it is absolutely insane but this this concept of you can't not believe in it if you deny it if you deny it it yeah it gets stronger was very much like that's to me it sounded kruger-esque um and the whole lack of sleep I know that Freddy kills in the dreams and all of that, but this whole, like, if you know about Krug, I don't know if you guys watched all the way up to, like, Freddy's dead, the final nightmare, um, but it, the lore started getting into this whole, like, don't talk about it. No one talks about it. You don't bring him up. No one remembers him. It's fine. It's good. Um, and it kind of, like, it felt a little bit like that to me, but a lot less punchline-y. Um, it was a lot more just on the edge of your seat the whole time. Like you feel like you have you ever taken off on a plane and you're nervous. And so you sit back and you grab the armrest and you just <laughs> sit there and you're like, it's fine. This is fine. Everything's fine. It's fine. <laughs> That's what watching this movie was like. That's Everything's more fine. like when the plane like hits an air pocket and you're sitting <laughs> there grabbing for white knuckle holding on to the seat while the plane dropping a 10,000 feet real quick it feels like. So our friend Brian Huff says that he hopes the weather is calming down where we are. Um, I don't think it's really hit us that hard. Not and yet. Not some yet. Um, although power yesterday. We've had, yeah. yeah, there's some places without power right now too. Yeah, bit. Magda actually was trying to join in and she, if she's can get her power to stabilize and um, she's going to try to join us a little bit later, but she's in an area that's being hit pretty hard at the moment. Um, yeah. Cat, I just I'm your your face is so far off. <laughs> I know I'm sitting here like, why is everybody's head like hold on? Do I need a scoop? Yes, I just don't like <laughs> no, no, too no. Close to... no, 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 you're I'm just like it's like hey. we're like yeah cat, what's going on <laughs> with my head? Why am I drinking? Okay. Um okay, so the whole <laughs> Oh I feel like God. I'm lower Can't, too. Wait. Like I need a chair lift or something to get. Oh, I'm like trying to back up. So I'm lower like, my computer my down what? lower. Yeah. Y'all can see the bags under my eyes from this weekend. No, uh, <laughs> so um, one of the things that you hit on is the whole idea that you do not know if she is losing her mind. You don't know if this is a real, um, you know, her son is the one who's basically saying this, this monster's real and he's in the house and um, yeah. And, and, but you don't know if this is something where she is just really losing her grip. Um, you know, there's all kinds of little things that are going on that you're not 100% sure if the monster is real or not. Um as the movie it sounds like the shining like it sounds like y'all just described the shining a little bit to me from what where it's like the reality I, lack of sleep and is it real am i imagining things that kind of thing I yeah 
Actually, um, that's what I'm hearing, but it, it is very, um, actually there was a lot of very similar concepts because it is the, you're the entire time you're watching this, you, you feel like you're watching his mother slip into madness. And, um, one of the things that I thought was interesting about it is after the fact, after a lot of people have kind of watched the movie, people were discussing, um, mental health. To be honest, I mean, mm -hmm. it, this was one of the concepts that was being really um, brought out um, postpartum depression specifically. But, um, you know, you're you're talking about um, people were talking about in relation to this specific movie, dealing with real life issues like grieving and um, being a caregiver and uh, wellness and hardships of being a single parent, but also um, you know, things like depression and, um, dealing with trauma. So I think that that aspect of it, I really enjoyed because if you have ever dealt with trauma, um, which I'm, I think most people in at some point in their life have dealt with trauma and everybody deals with that different. Mm -hmm. My experience was it physically manifested and I was, uh, very always I felt like there was something in the house with me although I know that there wasn't um and I it, it just it continually got worse until I had somebody help me understand what was kind of off in my head so um I also very much like how in it when questioning okay let's just speak like it was imaginary this is all trauma I like how it did a representation on okay, she's been through the mother. She's been through something very traumatic. Because of that, she is now acting this way towards other people and she's being traumatic to other people. Like in the beginning mm -hmm. of the movie, I'm not going to lie, I couldn't stand this kid like oh, yeah. halfway through this movie. And I felt so bad. Like the mom lost her husband. This kid just, just screaming and climbing and just get down off the swing. Stop climbing the swing set. She doesn't need your attention <laughs> like every five seconds. Uh, and then somewhere there was a shift to where you started to feel bad for this kid having to put up with this mom who's always, something is always wrong. She's always mad. She's always screaming. He's always the issue. And she treats him like that. And you realize like, crap, this is all this kid has had to deal with his whole life. And you start feeling that it shifts. You feel bad for the mom in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then later you're like, and that gets pushed on to this kid. And you feel bad for him later on having to deal with the mom who's had to deal with all of this. So I like that it pointed out people can be stuck in their depression or the traumatic situations. And if they don't actively try to help themselves, they can start hurting other people, whether mm -hmm. they mean to or not. Uh, I liked seeing a representation of that because that is not talked about a lot, at least in horror movies. No, no uh, this horror movie, in my opinion, really touched on topics that are not discussed often, and especially in that specific genre. And I, I kind of feel like it really needed a woman to create this storyline and tell this storyline because of the nature of what it's dealing with. Um as, okay, so I have to ask. So as as a parent, have you ever had one of your kids come to you and tell you that there is something in the house? That yes. there's a creepy crawly, there is something in the shadows, there's something, you know, she, they're seeing things, they're talking to things, or anything is just, just 
something there that has made you uncomfortable. Yes. I Somewhere around here is a drawing my youngest has done of her lying in bed sleeping and someone standing over and staring at some big black form of someone standing over and staring at her. And I'm like, who's that, sweetheart? Is that mommy reading you a story? Is it dad? No, it's, that's just, that's the shadow person. Cool. Love, love that. Someone, let's uh, bless the house or something. I don't know. Well, and kids do. Kids come in and they tell you all kinds of things that they see. Um, you know, the whole idea that there's a monster under my bed, there's a monster in my closet. But some kids have a tendency to be a bit more convincing about that, you know, than others. Um, I know that I have um, actually the the house that I was uh, in where I was having a lot of the issues dealing with trauma. Um, my my kid was um, she was young. Um, it was my older daughter. And my, my daughter was telling me that she was seeing things and that's another story for another day. But, um, that I think kind of complicated, you know, when you have a child that's coming in and telling you, it's like, Oh, there's a pretty woman in the hallway. And, you know, there's the creepy man at the end of the bed that's holding a silver platter and wearing a suit. Um, it gets a little bit, it's, it's a little unnerving, especially, um, and I was there most nights by myself with her because my husband was working overnight. Um, Brian I, Huff has commented, we bought the house we've lived in for 20 years because our son, who was three at the time, walked all through the house and came back to us and said, no ghosts. No, LOL. Oh. <laughs> this sometimes one's safe. Kids, yeah, sometimes kids sense that way better than adults do. So yeah. sometimes they, they know what's up pretty fast. I've always been told that... Um, Children and animals are very in tune with. Oh yeah, animals especially. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever had any kind of? Because um, I know that you're you you like us kind of go into some of those creepier realms and like ghost hunting yeah. and. I honestly, my houses I've lived in have all felt okay and my kids feel safe and everything. Now I can't say that you know when you have a teenage kid and they invite other teenage friends over that sometimes you sense something <laughs> that attaches and comes along with them. And then the next day when they're gone, you're like, okay, let me, uh, let me go ahead and get out the sage. I don't really sage. I'll, but, you know, yeah. I have my own the means. metaphorical it, sage. The <laughs> metaphorical sage, even if it's like air freshener or something, I kind of <laughs> clear. I can clear. just see you wandering around with Lysol, like, get out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, sage to me smells really dirty. It just, I don't, I know a lot of people swear by it, but it just has a very just, I don't know, not, like a staunch smell. It almost smells like just like it's attracting bugs in or something. I don't know. So I just, um, I, uh, I have my own means of getting out that kind of vibe out of the house pretty quick. Febreze is definitely a good demon spray. I would highly recommend. I love the Mrs. <laughs> Myers cleaners for de um, undemonizing the house. Those are very <laughs> well received also. <laughs> I would be like the Martha Stewart of how to rid your house of demons. Like, and you don't have to burn. Sh I can't say that word. Stuff yeah. in your house. <laughs> well, yeah, but you can't work that. Um, no, actually, um, the one thing that I've always heard, and this might help if you don't like the smell of sage, is to use sage to get it out and use sweet grass braid 
to seal it out and bring in good. And sweet grass braids smelling uh, or burning smells so much nicer than sage. So just kind of hit that. I've always heard that. So, um, okay, where were we? <laughs> Sorry. We were saging our houses or not we're saging getting, our houses. We're getting rid of things in the shadows and things that had come in and lurk in your home and your oh. kids sensing it. Speaking of things in the shadows in Babadook, there was so many good scenes. Ooh, and it yes. wasn't just the shadows. There's the scene at the police station where she's trying to be like, hey, someone's stalking us. I threw out this book and someone taped it back together and put it back on our thing. And like the policeman moves sideways for a second. And in the background is this like coat and, and gloves that's hung up against the wall with the top hat. And it just, it's not Baba Duke, but it's the image enough where she was just like, never mind. I'm good. The, co the I'm costume hanging in the corner. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so many good scenes like that. Um, DL was over and finished the uh, episode with me because we were working on something else. And I was like, well, not episode movie. And I was like, hey, let me finish this. And her husband sat there and he was just like in the middle of the scene. He's like, hey, do you see the do you, do you see the thing behind? And it was like the doorway lit up and it looked like the Babadook in the mm -hmm. shadows in a scene that wasn't really about the Babadook at that moment. It was about the mom and figuring out what's going on where's the kid and is is the mom losing her we don't know but just the imagery that they would put in the little touches i loved yeah. it i like details too i'm i would have to say i like that kind of stuff this was definitely one of those movies that you had to kind of watch the background and watch the scenery um and just to see where where he was popping up at in um and they did a wonderful job with it. Um, there was one scene in particular that stands out to me where um, she is looking into the neighbor's house. Oh, and that he's standing. Yeah. Well, no, he's standing behind her. You can see him. Um, she can see him through the window standing behind her. Okay. So Brian Huff said, um, I think we need to go back one. Um, there was a. It's Eli. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, sounds like modern. It, it was very, um, as I mentioned earlier, it was very Hitchcockian in the way that it was filmed and the way that it was, the story was told. Um, and that whole, um, we don't, you don't know if it's real. You don't know if it's in somebody's mind. Mm -hmm. um, and we agree. I agree. I thought it was a pretty good movie. I really, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. But, you know, it was something that I kind of connected with on a personal level because of the nature of the um postpartum depression and the stress related and that. So um. I loved uh, bits and pieces of it would remind me of other horror movies. Um, like it was, it was almost, it, it was inspired by, or maybe even nods to, I loved uh, what is that horror movie where the, they're playing the clap game and there's the closet that, that one of those walking closets and the mom thinks that the kid is hidden in this closet. Cause you're supposed to close your eyes and like, listen for the claps and find the kid and hands come out from the clothes and it does the clap and then the kids like in a whole other different room um was it the conjuring i anyway oh, the, the closet the closet that that they used that the babadook would come out of from the storybook and then later in their rooms reminded me of that and then later the look of him and the the feel that that character portrayed reminded me of in the TV show, 
Haunting of Hill House, there was one of the ghosts that followed the brother around. And if he turned around and looked at it, the ghost would get a little closer each time. And it was like a tall guy with a top hat. And it would just get a little closer. And a little, But don't look at it, but he's just going to... And it gave me the same kind of feel. And I loved kind of like being able to pull out aspects of this and be like, that kind of reminds me of that. And God, I love that they combined this with that. And it was really cool. It's like a pervert vibe. Kind of like <laughs> <getting creepily laughs> closer. Like. Well, actually, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I was watching, uh, I was watching a YouTube video right before we came on and it was the, um, everything that was wrong with the Babadook and, uh, 10 seconds or less or 10 minutes or less. Oh, and gosh. one of the, th uh, one of the things was that um, there were a lot of um, sexual overtones throughout the entire movie. Um, and some of them were, and some of them were very yeah, small. Yeah, there was the whole buzzy yeah. scene. Yeah, that there was, was a whole. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there was the whole, um, yeah. Buzz, buzz with the batteries. Toy, and... toy buzz scene. That then the kid jumps and is like, hi, mom. And she's like, hi. <laughs> like, who doesn't lock their door? Who doesn't shut the oh, God. door? Okay. But no, but she's also in the parking lot watching like a couple make out in their mm -hmm. car. And um, there was a scene and it was very quick. And I don't know if anybody saw that, but um, it was listed as a continuity error. But when she's playing bingo um she's pulling the bingo ball she pulls out this ball blue ball and and um not that that's the reference but it's she's like a b whatever and uh -huh. then um <laughs> don't be hating yeah sounds Thanks, like it Gumshoe. and brian huff says i think the hand clap movie was the very first conjuring film okay yeah that's what i thought okay um, but um when she pulls out the ball she um she's like b whatever and then um when you go to see the ball it is no longer blue it's white and it has the number 69 on it so there's huh. little things like that throughout the movie that you're just like oh wait a minute oh wait a there's minute there's also but that scene where she goes down to the basement and if i don't think we mentioned the basement is where she stored all of her dead husband's items yes. uh she had this whole scene where she freaked out on the sun playing with all of the stuff down there and i'm using the word playing with very loosely trashing would be a bit more accurate of a description. Mm -hmm. I can see why. And this is in the earlier in the film when you're, you're you're kind of feeling for the mom, like, oh my gosh. Um, but she later goes down to the basement, and there's this whole scene where her husband is there, and she's making out with him, and she's missed him, and then it, <gasps> it gets really creepy, like really quickly, bring me and the it boy. bring me the boy, which is something that everyone's been calling this kid the boy it was the people mm -hmm. at the school when the kid got in trouble it was like oh we're just trying to help the boy and she would be like stop calling him the boy his name is whatever insert name samuel. i don't remember sorry thank you samuel his name is samuel but everyone kept calling him the boy and it was something she didn't like so it was another nod to is this real is this in her head and that's why it's calling samuel the boy or does, can it know all of this stuff that bothers someone? Uh, but yeah, the making out session with the dad there and then suddenly like the, uh, creepy lighting all of a sudden and now bring me the boy. Okay. And and um, I do believe, is that the scene? Because there's a scene where she sees him again and um, his head gets split mm -hmm. in half. But um, 
is that the same scene? I'm yeah. trying to, yeah, okay. Um, because he I makes so. a comment that and I have no um, questioning. I was thinking there was two scenes where she saw him. It's it's been a little while since I've watched the entire movie, but um he makes a comment to her, and I thought this was interesting. It's another little um bit of information that's kind of fun. Um, that this will all be over in 10 minutes. It's all it'll all be over in 10 minutes. It and another thing he kept saying ends. in all of the scenes was like Something about rain. I think it's going to rain soon or it looks like might be looks like it might rain or so something along those lines. And it was obviously like these are memories of things he had said directly before they they wrecked and he died. The and there's they're like on repeat in her head. The comment this all ends in 10 minutes or this will all be over in 10 minutes, whatever the comment is. That is the 10 minutes left mark. And the movie actually ends in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. I was wondering yeah, how that would like... be tied back to them yeah. driving, like maybe using the GPS or whatever. And they're 10 minutes away from the hospital or I, I didn't know how that tied back in, but that's a really cool, just little like wink. It'll be over in 10 minutes. Wink. So um, basically, as we're approaching the end of the movie, you're, um, she has descended um, very far into madness. Um, and it's actually depicted more as a possession that the mm -hmm. Babadook has now possessed her. Um, she kills the dog. Um, Which all of that to... was foreshadowed when the yes. book came back. Oh, the, yes. She tore up the book someone taped it together and, and gave it back to her and more pages were added to the book and mm -hmm. suddenly she's in the story and it shows her like choking the dog to death and then the next page is her killing her kid um mm -hmm. and she was then that's when she lit the thing on fire and she was yes. just like nope mm -mm, none of that but it still keeps coming back the book yes. keeps showing up so and it's i like... love the foreshadowing from the book to later in the movie of she does kill the dog she does at one point have her hands around her son's throat mm -hmm. and i i just i mean i love the parallel between the two and the for like you were saying the foreshadowing was very well done with the with the book mm -hmm. and the book itself was just it was creepy i think we actually have a photo that shows like one of the pages um maybe no, I no? Okay. we do. Keep going. <laughs> Just but, uh, th I mean, it, uh, the drawings were all in black and white. They were very mm -hmm. creepy. Um, so except you for this, the blood. Except for the blood. The blood was really, was all red. Yeah, it was... But um, I just absolutely loved it. Um, so it comes to a screeching halt when uh, she basically screams at the Babadook and makes it go flat and fall. Yeah, I like didn't. She, uh, super screamy power. She is the canary. All of the, I, I yeah. think it was something emotional with like she saw she was trying to kill her own son and something like clicked there. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish that would have been a little more extreme on what switched with the power, other than the fact that she finally acknowledged ex its existence. Yes. That was her screaming at it, I guess, was the, this is me acknowledging you're a real, now F off. And um, at that point, basically, um, because you cannot get rid of the Babadook, once you have the Babadook in your house, once he's there. 
he's there forever. So now yeah. you have to figure out how you are going to deal with the Babadook. And um, hers was to shove him in the closet under the stairs and feed him worms. So, yeah. yeah. Um, that's and, the end. And it's basically this, um, you know, we're going to we're going to feed our pet Babadook that's sleeping, that's sleeping under the stairs. And we're going to well, give him some worms. You and... didn't know exactly. Like at that. OK, yeah. she beat the Babadook. He turned into a pile of clothes on the ground and then the next scene it's like her son and her and they're look they're gardening everything's great and birds are chirping there's daylight and it's obviously a while later and you're like yay they won i guess and he's like picking up worms and she's like oh that's a good big one and they're putting it in the plate and mm -hmm. then she's like now you stay out here and i'll be right back and she goes <laughs> to the basement under the stairs the, the closet area and there's this whole scene of her feeding <laughs> the Babadook worms. And then she's just trying to survive to get up. To, uh, he's it no still pet. sounds like she lost it at that point yeah. to me. Like, Well, she's interacting very normally with her child at this point and with mm -hmm. her neighbor. She's no longer appearing to be um, out Tired. of control. Yeah. Um, she's, I, I think finally they're sleeping um, and she's not having to drug the kid, which I do believe there was a scene where um, she, he's like um, either in with the teacher in with the therapist. It's like, how are you feeling? Is I'm really tired, but I think that's all the drugs mommy's giving me. No, like, it was not. <laughs> okay. So the kid got, no. she pulled the kid from school and these officers came the like to check on the child yeah, at the yeah, house. Yeah. And it's these two people checking on the welfare of the kid. And they're like, so how are you doing? He's like, I'm really not feeling great, but it's probably because of all the drugs mom gave me. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they shut the door. Okay, have a good day. <laughs> so glad everything's great. I did like at the end that she was finally able to talk about her husband and the death. So one of the things that they very made apparent was this child never had his birthday on his birthday. He had his birthday... Mm -hmm. I think it was with the mother's sister's daughter, which is a whole nother little aspect of this fun story. Uh, was that like, the child that he shoved out of the treehouse? Yeah, there was the kid oh. he shoved out of the treehouse and they like broke her nose and threw and the blood was running everywhere. Yeah. But honestly, she was, yeah, I shouldn't say that. She was mean. She was so mean. Okay. <laughs> but the, like, she, she wasn't that, that great of a character. The Her mother wasn't that good. It was very much this lady and the, like the friends, the other mom friends at this party, everyone that surrounded this mom and the son were all kind of just assholes. Mm -hmm. And everything kind of forced them into where they were in their own little almost quarantine bubble just to get away from all these people who are judgmental. And anyway, get off on that but tangent. That, Kid never had his isolation. birthday party. Yeah. And finally, at the end, he was having his birthday party on the day that was his actual birthday. And the people had come back to, like, check in on him again. They're like, we notice it's a party. And he's like, yeah, it's my first birthday party on my birthday. And they're like, why is that? And he goes, because my daddy died on my birthday. And they're like, oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I do like that the mom was able to chirp in and be like, well, you know, and she finally was able to sit down and talk to someone regularly mm -hmm. about losing her husband and the on the day that her son was born i think that was a little nod as to hey she's 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 good now we're good now so one of the things that i found 
out very that I thought was very interesting. Um, that is one of the fan theories, but it's actually more than a theory. So um, a lot of people I saw where a lot of people were inquiring if the Babadook was a real story, if it's a real creature, where did this come from? So um, I'm going to first of all say that the um, that Jennifer Kent explained that she had a friend who was a single mother um, that the that her small child was um, a boy and was traumatized by a monster that he saw all over the house. Um, the other thing that I thought was that I found that was interesting is the word Babadook actually is a Hebrew word, which means he is coming for sure. Um, and mm. the word Baba is, um, I do believe Aramaic for it's, um, do, uh, father. Father. It's okay. either father, say, old man. Yes. So um, there's a lot of thought that the Babadook um, was her husband, not necessarily more his memory. And yeah. So putting him in more of a siloed court, um, a siloed space where she can control that memory and control that grief made it easier for her to deal with real life and her son and everything else that was going on. But I thought that was very, um, that was interesting. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say that sounds like where, the dad disappears and this thing reappears over time and it's yeah but in a different form can we talk about my favorite yeah. fan theory yes we can so um, the whole reason i suggested we do a movie review of this is because of my favorite fan theory i think it started on uh tumblr or mm-hmm. twitter i can't remember it was one of those t ones but it was pretty much like so my favorite meme going around right now is people trying to prove that the Babadook is gay. And they start paralleling things from the movie to being gay, such as coming out of the closet, such as um, if you deny it, then it's just going to get stronger. Um, people started making a lot of comparisons. And if you know how memes work online, people would laugh at it and then start adding there more and it got bigger and bigger. And I believe this is around 2017 when this kind of blew up mm-hmm. in the LGBTQIA plus community to the point to where now, if you go to pride or you go to parades of that sort, you'll see people dressed as the Babadook. Um, <laughs> you'll see it a lot. Uh, it's really fun. There was even, I believe, a RuPaul episode where someone they they were doing horror yep. and someone came out and did the Babadook um Shante you Baba stay. And I loved that they took this character because and I, I'm gonna try and I cannot remember the exact wording. I'm paraphrasing here. But one of the things I read online was someone who was like, well we really identify it me because like when you realize this and you realize you're in a place where it's not okay and everyone around you thinks it's a sin and you're bad and you feel like this horrible ugly monster and so you can identify even physically with the representation of the bob because that's how you you feel when you know that you're around people who are not going to accept you and they will view you as this and i was just like God, I didn't even think about 
the the physical aspects. I, I understood, you know, like, aha, tee hee, coming out of the closet. Uh, but when people actually started digging down and really talking about why they identified with this character, I felt the comparisons were so passionate about the struggles that they have had to endure throughout their lives and, you know, coming out eventually and how it was, per or not partaken, how it was, what's the word I'm trying to think of? How their family took it. Oh, yes. Um, so that's one of my favorite fan theories is the Babadook is gay. And <laughs> it made me want to cover this for the, the month of uh, June for Pride Month. Um, there is more with it. Uh, at some point, Netflix, they That's have the a remember. section for the LGBTQIA plus during June. They'll be like, hey, come check out these movies that, you know, it's it's this section. Yay. Woohoo. And they slyly just kind of put put the Babadook in that section at one point. And everyone's like, why is this a gay movie? And then they started researching it more and it just kind of like fed into it. So kudos to you, Netflix. That was pretty cool. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. When I went back and read um, Netflix comment about it, they did it on accident. It was an accident. They, oh, was it? They, they accidentally listed it under um, that header, but then the community started, you know, the LGBT, I, LGBTQIA plus. It's okay, I'm gonna to, let you say that. It, yeah, it, it is grows every so often, so it's a little difficult to like keep I, up with. I try to. I think our friend uh, June refers to that as what was it? The alphabet mafia. The letter. Oh no, we call the letter it the people. alphabet mafia. The letter people. June. Okay, Cleavage, the letter people. Yeah. Uh, who is a guest who occasionally will pop on our show? Uh, really, really great drag queen. If you ever want to check her out, but she calls it the letter people. Yes, which the letter we people. Love. Thank you, thank you. Yes, but um, so um. It was kind of, it was, so Netflix came out and said that it, they had put it there by accident, it, but it started garnering all of this attention because people were watching. They're like, oh, okay, well, here's a movie that is, you know, geared specifically to our community. And they're like, was it? And then they start <laughs> looking deeper into the, they're, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, everybody who is watching this movie seems to be looking deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And depending on, you know, where you are, sometimes you might see something totally different. And that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about this, because obviously the letter people community did dig deeper and they found things that um, resonated for them mm -hmm. and, you know, their struggles. But you also have people like myself as a mother who's dealt with postpartum depression and has dealt with that aspect of in my postpartum depression also was related to trauma. So it was kind of one of those things that it really kind of resonated with me because um, of what she was dealing with. So I, that was one of the things that I've just really loved about this movie is that it really connects to so many different people. I like that the, it's still, you end the movie and you still go, what? Because it makes you think more, like the movie itself, whether you're, you know, identifying it with the LGBTQIA plus or whether you're identifying as a mother who's, you know, had to go through trauma, the movie just in general by itself makes you sit and think and, and your brain starts to try and identify like, 
what's going on and whatever happens in your life, your memories, the things that you've been through, those are going to be the things that you start to try Mm -hmm. and identify with. So it can almost speak to anyone. And I love that about it, but I specifically love that uh, (laughs) it's gone on to be this grand character that people are embracing now. And it's actually, it is the creepiest, creepiest character. It is, really? I mean, the design is very frightening. Um, very uh, cockroach-esque, the sounds that it would make mm-hmm. as it was approaching. And like the long fingers almost seemed like some sort of insect legs coming out of the, the jacket. And the way it was, it the way it moved forward, very creepy. Do you want to hear something kind of fun and interesting? Yeah. That's not the first time we've seen that design. Okay, tell well, me. So Lon oh, Chaney yeah, in I was 1927, say. Um, um, I do believe it was London after midnight, London at mid, uh, London after midnight. Mm-hmm. Um, the design of the Babadook is 100% pulled from this character. Um, wow. And I love, I, I love classics. I love black and white movies. I love old movies. So when I saw that little bit of information, I'm like, oh, okay. That's why I I recognize this. And this character yeah. feels so familiar to me. Um, I was going to say, I've never seen this character ever before. And just the, from the visual, it looks like somebody replicating, you know, just historical depiction of Jack the Ripper is what I'm yes. seeing. Yeah, even though nobody really knows what Jack the Ripper actually looked like, but that's always kind of the yeah, he's always somehow portrayed the Mm -hmm. same way with the top hat and the coat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right, London in the 1890s, or yeah, Mm -hmm. but yeah, and it it is a very familiar look, and it's a it's something that we've seen before, so I think that also might have been a bit endearing for those, you know, cause you watched the movie and it was very creepy and it was very scary. Um, okay. Maybe not so much scary, but it was creepy and it had some moments where you're like, oh, okay, there it is. Tense. Yeah. It Tense. was very intense, but the, yeah. but there was a sense of, I've seen this, this creature. I know this creature and I like this creature. And um, at the end when, they keep it and feed it worms. Um, you know, I, so weird. I'm sorry. I'm just like, like, what? I was completely baffled too. Yep. I was uh, so possessing you and you want to keep it? Come on. What, I'm like, you, no. What are you going to do? Get out. You're old enough now. Go get a job. Yeah, exactly. So at some point, Babadook's looking around going, you're feeding me worms. Can I go to somebody else's house? I really don't want to live here anymore. Right. Like, no. You want some Mickey D's? I know. Yeah. And then, of course, the other thing that I can only think of is the, what was the children's? Um, it was like children's taunt, children's song. It's like everybody hates you, nobody loves you. Yes, you should go. Nobody eat wor- likes me. Everybody, everybody hates, hates me. me. I guess I'll I just, go eat worms. <laughs> I remember watching the end of that and actually singing that. And I'm like, oh my god, this is so horrible. <laughs> I uh, it took me so long in life to realize that that song was about unaliving yourself. Yep. I, I, it took me so like, but my father taught it to me as a child. It was a song he would sing to like be silly with me. And then later in my, as I was a young adult, he did do the thing. And then at that moment, I was just like, oh, I get the song now. Thanks, dad. Cool. Oh, oh God. (laughs) That's horrible. Oh, no. (laughs) 
so dark humor just keep laughing yeah that's what we do we laugh at the things that would just that would make us break down and cry any other way um (laughs) so um normally we kick off the show with a little bit of um kind of topic uh, talking about things that have happened and hi willow how are you um so there was a major Thing that happened this weekend. I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but um, Ted Kaczynski, the mm. Unabomber, is, um, unalived himself. I didn't hear that he had done that, but I, um, I saw that he had passed, but I only saw like one article about it. So I, was... I didn't see anything about it. But um, yeah, um, I thought that was kind of, you know, we do touch on a lot of true crime, and I mm-hmm. just um, yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting fact to know so that is any, interesting. anybody done anything fun interesting that you want to share before we say good evening and um <laughs> wrap it up <laughs> wrap it up uh not much we've been birthday partying with the children we uh got all schmancied up and did some photos we uh fun. went swimming it's a good time yeah, I did. I fill up the weekends to make sure everyone is entertained, and then by the end of the weekend, I look and I go, "Did I have a weekend?" Yeah, um, and tomorrow I understand that. Yeah, absolutely. I did some swimming myself. I went to the beach and got surrounded Ooh. by sharks. <laughs> then I was then I was no longer swimming at the beach. I was drinking at the beach, but it was just one of those very lively days. But the sharks started off like. Yay big. And then by the end of the day, they were about four feet long. And that was the time I was, you know, having cocktails in the sand. And then came the dolphins and the schools of fish and then the manatees. So, oh, wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a lot of sea life going through that, those few days. That, yeah, I was down at the beach. So, was there something <laughs> in particular that was causing them? Because I know a lot of times you don't always get, um, sharks right or around the well, beach. Well, it was just a lot of schools of fish that were moving through and there where I go down to the beach there are a lot of uh sharks um what do you call it like a shark nursery where they like make mm-hmm. pups oh. and they it the water's warm and shallow so there's always there's always sharks down there but the water was so crystal clear like you could see them coming through. They weren't bothering anybody but at the same time, you know, it has teeth. <laughs> when they decide they're going to bite something, they're all, you know, they're all together. They, they're like a pack of dogs. They all kind of come in together and, you know, mm-hmm. so. I had always heard that they, um, um, attack in packs. Um, they, everything in the, that you will see, I will say that I've seen in the ocean kind of comes in pairs. Now, one day I did see a manatee go by itself, which was very strange. I wasn't really sure what it was I was seeing. It was huge in the water and it was kind of maybe about 50 feet out. And so it just looked like a big blob going through the water and it would just kind of come up and like spout out of the water for a second. And I'm just kind of like, I don't know what that is. And it was only one. So you didn't get a good view of it. But the next day it came through with a buddy and then it was like, Oh, okay. It's manatees today. So, but everything you always have to think even spiders in your house, if you find one or a roach, there's two, there's always a pair of everything you find. There's always, there's always two. So just 
keep that in mind. Where's that demon Lysol? <laughs> no, it's to breathe. Yeah, your demon, yeah. if it's in your house, it's got a friend <laughs> and you need to get some Febreze. And, and hopefully just... it's not your kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kids, <laughs> demons in the house. You know, all no, that. No, like, I don't. You know what we have not done, um, hmm. or have we? If I if I remember, let me know. If I have forgotten this, please let me know. Um, have we done a episode on sharks? We did no. one on Jaws before, but it's been a it's been a hot minute. Okay, just because we always think of like the Fourth of July and Jaws and at Amityville Island or yeah, I, but I think um, I think that we probably might want to do an episode i think we did a beach um okay what the heck um i don't okay. remember yeah so um there's a lot of terror at sea i will say that. Yeah. <laughs> even if it's not a shark there's all kinds of weird I things we have out there the Bermuda triangle and we did like a water it was a water episode because it was summer and but we talked about more than just sharks it was like water slides and anything Anything beach, yeah. summer, yeah. watery mm -hmm. themed, Maybe I we think, need is to... what we covered. If you'd like to hear us talk about sharks, let us know. Because I think that would be fun. Because there's some great and awful shark movies oh out there. Oh, my God. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. I've not seen Sharknado. Sharknado. It's been, <laughs> it's been on my list of things. <laughs> we all were that... thinking it. Like, um, yeah. There was another one that was um, Zombie Shark or something like that that I really want to watch, too. I'm just I still like, want to just watch Velocipaster at some point. Oh, my gosh. I did, too. Oh, I really do. Megalodon. Meg or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I am being told that we are at the top of the hour. We um, may have gone over just a few minutes, but um, any other last comments that we want to throw out there? I do think so. If you haven't watched The Babadook, or two Babadooks, because you know they come in pairs. Um, <laughs> if you haven't watched the Babadook, you know, go out, watch it. Let us know what you think about it. And um, until next time, you do it, Lauren. Pleasant screams. <laughs> <laughs> what the I voice was that? <laughs>